And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Carry on my way, one son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Don't you cry. So totally going to change the the beginning and decided not to. So you're all just getting the, hey, everybody, because that's apparently how I start this podcast. Welcome to Lupa's Bits episode, oh, and I just, 19. <laughs> um, coming to you from wherever the heck I happen to be. Uh, God's country. I was actually going to talk to Bill. Okay, you'll have to bear with me because I am extremely, extremely tired. Um, I've been doing a lot of heavy manual labor. And yes, manual labor, good for the body, not so good for the brain. My brain is mush. Um, I was actually getting in the shower earlier and a song came on my playlist by, I do believe it's Blake Shelton. And I just felt my audience roll their eyes and wince um, because it's country. Anyway, and it's called God's Country. And it pretty much, I live in God's Country. No matter where I go, if I go to my sister's, um, if I go to the job site that I'm at right now, if I go, you know, where I live, I live on Lake Simcoe, like I go to the end of my driveway and look down the road and there's Lake Simcoe right there. <laughs> like I can hear when, when it's a really windy day, I can, um, if I'm lying in bed in the trailer, I can hear the waves crashing on the beach. It is fantastic. I hear all the geese flying over top and the search and rescue helicopters looking for the boneheads that decide that they want to go out in three foot swells in their little, you know, rubber dinghy. And I'm pretty sure because Lake Simcoe is actually known for in the winter, um, <laughs> known for idiots driving their trucks out onto the ice and then said truck going through the ice. Um, so I've already been warned that the search and rescue helicopters are um, very plenty and you hear them a lot. You see them a lot. They're around a lot because apparently... The brain power of the people with pickup trucks in the area that I live in seems to diminish once the lake freezes over. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, and I was also told that you don't drive along the lake, for the most part, on the Lakeshore Road in the winter because it could be perfectly sunny on any of the other roads, but if you're going along the lake, the wind will be blowing and you'll get all the snow off of the, the ice. There's no snow. It's not snowing. It's a clear blue sky. But the snow that's accumulated on the ice, the wind will blow it and you'll get these huge drifts. And um, the husband of the people that I live with, um, he actually got his car stuck in a snow drift. And his car is about twice the size, maybe three times the size of mine. So <laughs> I will just disappear in the snow drift. There will be, there'll be car, then all of a sudden there'll be no car. 
and it'll be a snowdrift in the shape of my car. So we're just going to not. And I mean, Crystal told me that there are days that you can drive down there and it's absolutely lovely. Awesome. Great. You know what? I'll park my car and walk because I, I don't know the roads well enough. I don't know the car well enough. I've never driven this car in the winter. So we'll, uh, we'll see what it's like. So I was kind of looking around and, and trying to come up with um, topics for the podcast tonight. And uh, I was getting some suggestions from a couple of peanut galleries. And <laughs> neither one of those suggestions were really any good. Um, I'm going to mention both of them just because. Um, and then I'm going to explain to you why. Um, one of the suggestions was discussing how, you know, I'm a Canadian in what was referred to as an American world. And first and foremost, I had to correct said person and tell them, no, 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 I am a Canadian living in my own comfortable on this side of the border Canadian world. And very soon it'll be Canadian igloo. Um, because, you know, there will be snow. Which there isn't this week, which surprises me because before I came to work, it was snowing and minus four Celsius, which I'm not, I think is like, um, like minus four is like 18 or 19 degrees Fahrenheit, maybe 20 degrees Fahrenheit. And now it is up to 16, 17 degrees Celsius, which is between 60 and 70 degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> so I have been spent the last two days wearing a, the only tank top that I brought because <laughs> it's been really warm and I've been breaking big rocks into little rocks. So anyway, the suggestion about being a Canadian in American world was referring to the very um, unsettling political atmosphere that is happening south of the border. Now, I don't do politics. I don't discuss politics. I don't have an opinion on politics. Um, so I'm not going to give you my political views on what's going on down there. I'm very afraid <laughs> because... The atmosphere is very strained. It's very hostile. And just the feeling that I get, if it goes either way, there's going to be um, large amounts of unrest. And it makes me very nervous. And being north of all of this, as Canadians, we are kind of dragged into their politics and their problems and their their issues. Um, and I don't know. I just, it makes me wonder if things are ever going to get back to, you know, normal where politics wasn't the dominant feature on the news or every other post on Facebook 
like all I, I tried to avoid Facebook because all Facebook right now for me anyway is the pandemic and the politics and I try to avoid both so I've been avoiding Facebook um Instagram was getting a little too political for me. So I started avoiding Instagram. And I mean, even Twitter, my favorite TV show that I watch and absolutely love and am heartbroken that this is the last and final season. They were all making their political views very, very public, as have a lot of actors and a lot of people in the limelight that have a voice that they think people are going to listen to. They're using their voice and their platform to push their political agendas. And I don't think, regardless of what that political agenda is, um, that's your personal point of view. And unless you're being asked to debate your personal point of view on politics, you don't need to share that. You don't need to push that. You don't need to use your influence to get people to change their minds. And this is why they say you never discuss politics and religion with family and friends because it just turns ugly. So anyway, I was very dismayed to see them, you know, like I mean, okay, some of them were just flat out just supporting who they wanted to support, which is fine, you know, like whatever. But there was one particular actor and he has been avidly campaigning for his choice. I mean, avidly campaigning. I belong to his um, text group and I belong to his um, Instagram group. And we all get like private texts and we get Instagrams and, and all of this stuff. Like he's, he, there was, he did an Instagram where he put his cell phone number up and he only did it for like a short period of time. Um, so, but everything that I've been getting from him for the last two weeks leading up to the election has all been political. And I just, I eventually just had to mute his messages because it just, no, dude, that's not why I signed up. <laughs> no, I want the pumpkins again. I want, I want the, the scavenger hunts. I want the fun stuff. I don't want any of this stuff. So, oh. You know, uh, it just dawned on me. He made this suggestion about this particular topic. And I told him I wasn't going to discuss it. And I just realized that I have been discussing it for the last 10 freaking minutes. And he's going to be sitting there going, <laughs> I won again. <sighs> you know, <laughs> Um, I should know better because this person is a master manipulator. <laughs> the boy knows how to get what he wants and how to go about doing it without you actually knowing until it's happened that you've been manipulated, that you've been positioned into where he needs you to be in his grand scheme of things. <laughs> And I know this because he has done it to me numerous times on several occasions in a variety of different things. So, 
I'm only going to say this. And yes, you know, I'm going to say this and everybody that's listening is going to be a witness to this. And he is going to gloat about this for a long time to come. But you win this round again. Start scrolling. <laughs> okay, so yeah, anyway, I, I don't discuss politics, but I will discuss how I feel about people who push their politics. Okay, since we're on the topic of pet peeves, I did say I was going to talk about this pet peeve. I have a pet peeve. I have had this pet peeve since I was probably 13 years old, 13 or 14 years old. And I started paying attention. Um, My mom was famous for it. She still is. She still does it. To this day, she still does it. And it drives me, my sister and my brother, bonkers. My dad used to lose his mind. And he always raised us, if you're going to say something, or in this case, type something, have the courage to leave it there. And if you change your mind, then say, okay, no, never mind. But still leave, still repeat what you said if you're asked to repeat it. My biggest pet peeve is somebody saying something or somebody typing something and me not hearing it or seeing it in time and then having the message removed and going, what was that? And, And the next thing is like, never mind. Don't worry about it. It's okay. What? That's like mumbling under your breath. And then when somebody says to you, what did you say? Nothing. No. (laughs) You said something. (laughs) Words came out of your face. There was vocal tone. I just didn't hear you say it again. I didn't say anything. It's nothing. Don't worry about it. No. Uh -uh. No, that's not how this works. (laughs) If you thought it, if you wrote it down, or if you said it, it obviously meant something at the time or was pertinent to something at the time, leave it. Leave it. If you change your mind, then put, never mind, or forget that, or ignore that, or, as I've done a few times, wrong box, you know, but leave it because when you erase it, when, when it's deleted from a conversation that you're having with me, I am a very paranoid person who grew up with very low self-esteem and always being the one who was in trouble. So when my mom would say something and I didn't hear her and I'd go, what? Or can you say that again? I didn't hear no, never mind. It's fine. Don't worry about it. It's okay. I'm automatically running the gamut of things that I could have possibly have done. The gamut of things that I, I know I've done that I'm not quite sure she's aware of. Or the things that did she ask me to do and I didn't do it and I forgot and she's mad. So when I'm in a conversation with somebody and they send a message and I don't see it right away. And then I come back and it says, so-and-so removed a message. And then the next one is, 
never mind or changed my mind or don't worry about it or forget that or I'll talk to you. The the biggest one that just like triggers me to no end is I'll talk to you later. Don't worry about it. I immediately go to, did I miss something? Was there an issue that they needed me for and I wasn't there for them? Did they have something important they wanted to tell me that they were really excited about and I wasn't there for them? Did I let them down? That's where my brain goes. So if you're in a conversation with me, and I swear to God, Mike, if you do this, I will drive to Chatham and I will beat you. If you're in a conversation with me <laughs> and you type something and then you change your mind after you've sent it, just say, wait, I've changed my mind. Disregard. Do not unsend because I can't unsee the unsend. Just so you know. <laughs> Okay, so rant over for that particular thing. We're only 16 minutes in. <laughs> um, I have spent the week, what, I don't even know what day it is. Oh my God, what day is it today? Thursday. It has to be Thursday because tomorrow this comes out, which I actually forgot. Um, I was going to do this podcast Wednesday. No. When was it? I don't know. Tuesday, maybe? Tuesday? Might have been Monday. Might have been Monday. I was I was thinking about doing this on Monday. And then I'm like, wait, no, that's way too early. Where's that's way too early. It just came out on Friday. There's not enough days in between when it came out and when the next one's coming out for anything interesting to happen. So I didn't do it on Monday and I almost forgot to do it today until I got a reminder. Um and it had to pretty much be spelled out for me. Um, you know, what comes out tomorrow? Oh, you do it every Thursday and then it comes out on Friday. Oh, <laughs> I pretty much sounded like Scooby-Doo. Um, hey, you know, I did eventually figure it out. Where's my Scooby snack? I never got my Scooby snack. Anyway, so yeah, uh, <laughs> it's like eight o'clock at night. And um, I've been going to bed this week between 7.30 and 9.30 (laughs) every night this week. I mean, in all fairness, I am up at 7.30. And usually at whatever it is I'm going to be doing that day, at it by 8, 8.30. So, um, see, brain, shut off. (laughs) done. <laughs> it's it's 11 o'clock. My brain is supposed to be sleeping. <laughs> so my brain just decided just right then and there. You saw it. It's a big night about. Um, so yeah. So what was it? Not last week, but the week before I was tearing wallpaper, really disgusting wallpaper off walls and ripping up carpet underlay and painting uh, well, priming to be painted. And then I had a week of prepping for Halloween. And I had a bunch of baskets that I had to make for my Luhu baskets. I had a client um, that needed baskets. So I had to make up some baskets and deliver them. And then this week, 
Um, I am a member of the chain gang, you know, breaking big rocks into little rocks. <laughs> I started out smashing walls. Now, in all fairness, they weren't like, I mean, they were real walls, but they weren't full six or eight. I don't know how tall a freaking wall is. Taller than me, wall. Um, but they were probably, I'd say a good four feet high by three and a half, four feet wide by about a foot thick, maybe less than a foot thick of solid concrete. So not only did I actually have to knock the wall down, which was fairly easy because um, it wasn't really attached to anything. <laughs> I just kind of rock it back and forth until it fell over. Um, and then I had to take Percy, which is what I named the sledgehammer. And those of you from my era and before will totally get the reference. If you're not, you need to look up Percy Sledge and enjoy a whole new era of music. Anyway. So then I had to take Percy and start pounding on this concrete. And I will tell you, um, it's amazing how high of a bounce a sledgehammer can actually get. Now, a sledgehammer is steel, okay? It's hitting concrete. There's no rubber. There's nothing bouncy in there. But boy, can it really get a good bounce if you hit it in the right spot. Um, there was a couple of times that I kind of, you know, ducked and closed my eyes thinking that's going to hit me in the forehead. <laughs> it's going to hurt. Um, didn't hit me in the forehead. And surprisingly, I did not hit myself in the shins or the knees or drop it on my foot. Um, I did get hit by some fairly large pieces of shrapnel. Because <laughs> once I get going, I, yeah, I just kept hitting it till I got a crack. And then once I got a crack, I would follow that crack. And I would keep beating on that crack until a chunk came off. And, and then I would do the little happy dance and, you know, woohoo, Hulk smash. And throw the chunk and keep going. I had to do three of them. And they varied in degrees of difficultness. The first one was decently difficult um, because I think it was thicker than the other two. Now, I was told it's, they weren't. But I honestly, no, I'm sorry. That, that was thicker than the other two. It, had, it, it was thicker. It was thicker. <laughs> We're going to go with it was thicker. And it was the first one. So, you know, I can't remember the last time I've actually swung a sledgehammer. Oh, wait, yes, I can. Um, it was in the summer, probably August, end of August. And I was only breaking up um, cinder blocks which are no big deal. I thought they were a big deal at the time, but now that I've broken up a whole three whole cement walls, yeah, cinder blocks are nothing. <laughs> I can go through those, not a problem. Do that any day of the week. Um, but yeah, this sledgehammer was a little heavier than the one that I was using at my sister's. So I'm a little sore. I was a little sore the next day, not as bad as I thought I was going to be, but I'm a smart cookie. When I was done working, I filled up the bathtub with as hot water as I could stand it and then added a little more hot water. And then I got in and I soaked 
And then I took a Robaxa set and a 12-hour Advil. So I, I was not a silly girl. <laughs> I made sure that, you know, there were drugs in my system and hot water on these muscles. So I wasn't too bad the next day. You know, I was all gung-ho. Woohoo, let's go. So I smashed up two more walls the next day. And then I had to cart everything from where the basement outside. Um, that was tedious. Tedious and long. And... Apparently, I've now been um, appointed, I am the Wrecking Crew. That is my title, I am the Wrecking Crew, because it took two days to do the walls, and then today, um, I assumed I was just going to be cleaning up the debris, but no, 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 no. There was a whole pile of cinder blocks that needed to be busted up, and a cistern taken off of cinder blocks and busted up and then a floor completely ripped up and removed um so i did all that today so yeah i'm the wrecking crew <laughs> that's what we need to be torn down i will come and do it not this week though because my or maybe not next week either because my muscles are going to need a week to talk to me again um i found muscles i didn't know i had went to have my bath last night and um yes there were tears because I almost I reach around behind me and that's how I undo my bra and I almost couldn't do that I did manage to do it like I said there were tears <laughs> but I did manage to do it um today like this morning was rough it I felt like the tin man after it rained um I was a little creaky I was a little stiff. I was a little sore. So I actually did some stretches this morning before I um, went off to do what I was going to do. And I did um, some push-ups just to kind of loosen my arms up. and, and But I didn't like, get down on the floor and do them. I, I did them um, standing in the kitchen. And I took probably about five paces six paces back from the, the corner. You know, where the counter kind of, you got the counter that runs one way and then there's the corner and then the counter, it gets an L shape. Well, I used that corner piece, that corner area and, and did um, push-ups off the counter there just to kind of loosen everything up. And it loosened up my lower back. It loosened up my shoulders and my arms. So no, Jason, I did not do 15 push-ups. Um, and I'm watching your videos, dude, and I'm thinking, I can't do that. There is no way I could do 15 push-ups. I can't even do five push-ups. And, they, dude, you're doing 15. I can't even do five. And I just smashed up, like, two, three concrete walls, and I can't do five push-ups. So you be proud of your 15 push-ups, dude. That's all I'm saying. Be proud of those 15 push-ups because I can't do those. Mm -mm. I can't even, like, barely lift a glass right now. So anyway, um, this isn't going to be an hour long or an hour and a half long podcast, that is for sure, because I am absolutely exhausted and I have a few more days to go. Um, so we're going to at least try and push it for 45 minutes. I'm sitting at 27 and I'm thinking, all right, I need to think of something else to talk about now. Um, I did, 
I am accident prone. It is well known in my family. I am accident prone. I am sure I have told you all at some point in time, whether it be on MythBits or over here, about the infamous ketchup bottle. If not, I'm going to share that with you, just so you have some sort of an idea of how clumsy and accident prone I really am. Um, there are several dozen hospital records or more that say cause of accident clumsiness. They literally say cause of accident clumsiness, not tripped and fell, not, you know, misstepped or no clumsiness because I was in and out of eMERGE as a child and as a teenager so many times they they all knew me by name they all knew my mom by name and when they would hear the story of how the accident happened clumsiness was usually the main culprit so yeah clumsiness so the infamous ketchup bottle incident which is famous in my family there isn't a person in my family that has not heard this story um, my brother and sister were actually alive and around when it happened. I don't know if they were old enough to remember. Um, so my mom used to buy, do you remember when ketchup used to come in glass bottles? And not, I'm not talking the little skinny bottles. We were a family of five, okay? They came in the big stout bottles, the the base of them was probably the size of a cantaloupe. And they would be glass and heavy and all of that stuff. So the house that we lived in on McCartney Street, you would come in the front door and you would go right into the kitchen. Now the pantry, unfortunately, was two floors away. So you would go into the kitchen and mom would, we'd bring all the groceries in and then mom would put away everything that got put away in the kitchen and then she would put everything that needed to go downstairs to the pantry into bags. And, you know, whoever happened to be the lucky child or spouse, like my dad, um, within grabbing range was the one that had to carry the groceries down the stairs. And I was never fast enough to get away because I was always in the middle of telling mom some story about something that happened or something that I wanted to do. And everybody else will have scattered like cockroaches. And I was literally left holding the bag. So mom loads me up because all of us kids are lazy and we only want to ever do anything in one trip. So we take 16 bags at once and there's... Coming out of the kitchen, there was four, five steps down to the family room. And then you turn immediately, and there's five more steps down into the basement where the pantry was. So I'm heading down the first set of stairs, and the bag breaks. So tin cans and stuff come falling out of the bag, and consequently, I trip and fall and fall down the stairs and I land at the bottom of the stairs now I land gracefully 
ish at the bottom of the stairs, every bone still intact. Until that glass ketchup bottle bounced down the stairs behind me and landed squarely on my right ankle bone, breaking my ankle. <laughs> that was not fun. So off to the hospital we go. And this is in the beginning of June. Uh, I think it was like the second week of June. So it was like two weeks before school was to let out for the summer. And I'm now in a cast to my knee and on crutches. And we are going to um, Black Creek Pioneer Village for our class trip. Now, you have to keep in mind, I am five foot three. I have been five foot three since grade 10, which means I broke my ankle in grade eight. So that means in grade eight, I was probably about five one, five two, maybe. And yes, I know it's weird. I grew another inch in grade 10. Um, so trying to find crutches for somebody who is barely over five feet tall, a little difficult. So my crutches were a little tall. So I kind of had to use them out at an angle, <laughs> not directly underneath me where the little rubber foot is supposed to be for perfect grip and safety. No, no, they're out to the sides on the edge of the little rubber foot. Mm-hmm, yep, I slipped and fell a couple of times. Um, so anyway, now you have to keep in mind as well, A, a glass ketchup bottle broke my ankle. Try explaining that to everybody at school. B, I'm in a new school because my parents in their infinite wisdom thought it would be a great idea to move me to a brand new school for my senior year of public school. Now, I know school in America is a little different. You guys have like middle school and, and all of that stuff. We don't. We have two schools. Three, actually. You go to one school from kindergarten to grade eight, and then you graduate in grade eight and you go to high school, which is nine through to 12. 13 if you want to do a victory lap. So, most of the kids that go to the schools around here, they're with the same kids from kindergarten on. And we moved to Port Manicol when I was in grade three. So, when we moved in grade seven, I had hung around with pretty much the same kids from grade three to grade seven. We had our group. I had my clique. And now I'm being thrown into another school. Everybody's in their senior year. And they've got their groups and they've got their clicks and I got to find one. And now, you know, it was a rough year. I will, I will tell you, I won't lie. It was a rough year. Um, I got one or two good friends that I hung out with. I kind of made it bearable, but for the most part, it sucked. And I had a really sweet guy that was a really, really good friend of mine that um, took me to my grade eight graduation. So uh, I got a little... Uh, 
redemption and revenge on some of the girls and a few of the guys, actually, that I went to school with. Um, once they got a look at Brian, it was rather lovely. <laughs> Brian Zambelt. I will never forget that boy. <sighs> and the thing is, is we were never romantically involved at all. He was just, he was my really, really, really good friend. Um, but he was a farm boy. And he wasn't a farm boy that, you know, just collected eggs and milked cows. This boy threw bales of hay every day to feed those cows. This boy worked the fields and, you know, worked the pigs. And he worked the farm from morning. And then he would go to school. And then he would come home and he would work because it was a family farm. So he was, you know, boy was built. Boy was built. <laughs> Filled out a tuxedo very, very nicely. He was also 6'3". Now keep in mind, I am also 5'2". <laughs> so, you know. I came in with a big purdy boy for my grady graduation and all of a sudden I was very popular with all the girls. Anyway, so back to got sidetracked. A D D. Um so I'm in a cast up to my knee on crutches that are way too 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 tall for me. And trying, you know, to hang on to some modicum of coolness that I may have possibly had, which I really don't think I did. I think I just kind of convinced myself that I did. Um, and we are off on our school trip. Now, because we had taken so long touring the Pioneer Village and doing all the funky little neat things that you can do at a Pioneer Village, um, we were running late for the bus. And our bus drivers are bitchy. I'm telling you, they're bitchy. They're paid to drive us to places and wait for us and drive us back. Unfortunately, our bus drivers, if we do not show up to the bus at the time that we say we are going to show up to the bus so that they can take us back, um, they leave. <laughs> and, and we are without bus. So we are trying to get across this road to where our bus is on time. And I am not moving very quickly. Now... There was a teacher at our school by the name of Mr. Lucas. And every girl from grade six on had a crush on Mr. Lucas. And I am not ashamed to admit I was one of those girls. He was very pretty. He had beautiful blonde hair that was not cut short like most of the teachers back in the 80s. He had the most striking blue eyes I have ever seen in my life. I have not seen eyes as blue as his since then. And he was on our class trip with us. He also was the gym teacher. So, you know, he, he was in shape. And I was not moving very quickly on said crutches. And the next thing I know, I am being scooped up into Mr. Lucas's arms and carried across the street to the bus. I was not only um, titillated and, and ecstatic to be in my crush's arms, but mortified to be, have to be carried across the street by the teacher because I could not maneuver my crutches fast enough. <sighs> yeah. So I spent six weeks of my summer 
in a cast because of a glass ketchup bottle. But I did get to be carried like a princess by my crush, my, my teacher crush. So, you know, there was that. That was a nice, that was a nice added bonus. But yeah, they put down on the hospital records for that one, clumsiness. Um, I broke my fingers in two places. I broke, well, I broke the bones in my hand, not my fingers. I did not actually break the fingers. I broke the bones in the hand that the pinky and the ring finger are connected to in two places. You see, and this is in grade seven. Um, we would have every Friday, we would have what they would call assembly. And the entire school would gather every morning, uh, every Friday morning in the gymnasium. We'd all sit on the floor and we would sing songs and we would do one contemporary song like um, uh, Blowing in the Wind or um, I don't know, it's got something to do with walking 500 miles, but it's not that song. <laughs> it's a different song, folk song. And then we would do like one religious song and then um, there would be... Um, they would read a passage from the Bible and then they would do all the school announcements and sometimes there'd be little plays. Sometimes the kindergartners would do something special. There'd be, you know, special awards or something. Um, well, to get back up to class was always like rush hour in an ant colony. You know, all the ants are going in the same direction and you can usually tell the clumsy ants because they're the ones getting run over by everybody else because, you know, they've tripped. So you had to come up these old wooden stairs and go around the corner into like this little, I don't even know what it was, and then up more stairs. And there was this piece of wall. It was a useless piece of wall. <laughs> I'm telling you now, it was a useless piece of wall. And it would jut out. And it came out like, like a box. I think it was like around pipes or something. I don't know. Well, I kind of got caught in the throng of people going up. And I hit the corner of the wall to where the two fingers went down the side of the wall. And the other two fingers went flat. And it broke the bones. So I backed up to go around the wall. And the next rush of students came along and bent them backwards. <laughs> in the same spot on the wall. So I get into my classroom and I had mean old Mrs. Ramsey for my teacher that year. And I asked her if I could go to the office because, you know, my fingers, my hand really, really hurt. And she came and she looked at it. She, There's nothing wrong with your hand. You can go to the bathroom and run some cold water on it, but you come straight back. Do not go to the office. So I went, okay. I left class and immediately went straight to the office because, you know, I've never been one to abide by the rules. And our principal, or vice principal, Mr. Macklin, I am, I'm like totally, totally amazed at myself for remembering all of these names from like 40 years ago. <laughs> Mr. Macklin took one look at my hand and he called my mom and he's like, uh, Nancy, you need to come and pick her up. She broke her fingers. Yep, clumsiness. So, yeah, mom came and got me, and they put a splint on my fingers and casted my hand. 
and uh, sent me back to school. And I came back into class, and Mrs. Ramsey just looked at me and, you know, had that hmm, look on her face. <laughs> she was not impressed. Because, oh, yeah, you bet I told my mama that they, Mrs. Ramsey told me I was only allowed to go to the bathroom with my hand under cold water. And my hand was broken in like, two places. The bones were broken in two places. And I was only allowed to run my hand under the cold water. Oh, I told my mommy, oh, yes, I did. <laughs> and my mommy got mad and called the school. And she said, mm, that's not happening. So, yeah, Mrs. Ramsey got yelled at. And, it, you know, I actually rethought that whole concept after I got back to class. And realized I got extra homework. And I got detention because I didn't do as I was told. I was supposed to go to the bathroom and I went to the office. And yeah, so after that point, it was like, you know, don't take on your teachers. <laughs> don't tell your mommy that your teachers are being mean to you because the teachers don't care. They, they really, they, they don't care. They're not there to be your friend. They are there to teach you. They don't care. So you eventually, after they get into trouble with the principal, you have to go back into their classroom. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I walked into a wall and broke my hand in two places. Tripped down the stairs and had a ketchup bottle break my ankle. Um, and this is all on the right side of my body. I'm just realizing that now. This is all on the right side. It was my right ankle. It was the fingers on my right hand. Um... Grade seven, my knee, my right knee swelled up for, pfft, they have no idea why. Uh, there was no water on my knee, nothing. It just swelled up to like three times its normal size. So that was, I was, I'm, I'm surprised I had any friends at all. I really am because I was always in these odd things. They decided the best course of action to deal with my knee was to take a tensor bandage and wrap it from halfway down my calf to halfway up my thigh. And then they took this padding. It was like medical, um, I think it was like the stuff they put on the inside before they put your cast on. And they wrapped my leg from upper thigh to ankle in this blue padding, cotton padding stuff. And then they put two more tensor bandages on it. So wearing pants was not an option because, you know, now I have the Michelin man's leg. So wearing pants was not an option. I am not a skirt wearer, okay? I'm not comfortable in skirts. I fall down way too much to wear skirts. I got smart in high school, though, because there were some really cute skirts and there were some really cute boys. So I got smart in high school and realized that if I wear bicycle shorts under said skirt, when I trip and fall and my skirt ends up somewhere around my ears, they're not going to see my underwear. They're going to see my bicycle shorts. So I got smart in high school. But public school, I was not that smart. So I wore long skirts. <laughs> Just absorb that for a minute. Okay? Five foot two. Maybe five foot one long skirt now I'm five foot three now and I get a long skirt I can wear the thing as a dress I could pull it up above my boobs and it still hangs down to my ankles generally when I wear a long skirt I have to roll it at the waist or I'm walking on it so grade seven going through puberty already entirely uncoordinated Long skirt, leg I can't bend.
There's a combination for you. Mm -hmm. You should have seen me trying to go upstairs. I just gave up. There was no way I could swing that leg up because I couldn't bend it at all. They didn't want me bending it. So there was no bending. I was like a broken Barbie doll. I could bend one leg, not the other one. It stuck straight out. So going upstairs, I'm trying to like swing this leg and it didn't hurt so I could walk on it. I, just, I gave up and I sat down and went up the stairs on my bum in a long skirt. Not a good idea. Did you know that if you catch a long skirt just right with your shoe, with the heel of your shoe, as you're lifting up your bum to hit the next stair, that when you land on the next stair, the skirt will not be on your bum, but it'll be about uh, upper thigh. Yep. And the metal on those stairs that they put, the metal grippy things on the edge of all the stairs so that you don't slide down the stairs is really, really cold. Just that, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So telling you school was not a fun time for me <laughs> puberty was not a fun time for me I mean I thought like, all my friends are telling me, oh you're so lucky you're so lucky because I didn't get the face full of acne that most of my friends did I didn't have the you know raging PMS hormones and debilitating cramps and all of that stuff that all of my friends had I didn't have any of that you know None of it. Everything was fairly, when it came to going through puberty, except for the complete and total lack of coordination, everything was fairly okay. Um, well, for the most part. I mean, you know, I went from looking like a prepubescent seven-year-old boy to looking like a 16-year-old had a boob job girl pretty much overnight. Um, but everything else was fairly easy to handle and stayed that way. But the complete and total lack of coordination was not fun. It made my school life a living hell because I was always broken or busted or bruised or cut or something. Which brings us back full circle to where I was going with this entire conversation to begin with. And it's taken me uh, 40 minutes to get there. <laughs> oh, I told you I was tired. Um, okay, so the first day of the manual labor, I am moving great big stumps. And I would move them from one spot over to the other spot. And then I would take them from the other spot and move them outside. Or move them up into the storage garage and I have this uncanny ability to get bigger than my britches um, I will be doing something and I will be doing it very well and I'll get cocky about it and then of course you know reality has to step in and go <laughs> no no um, that's not right so I'm moving these stumps and I went to pick up one and I was feeling pretty, you know, pretty womanly, pretty powerful. And I'm like, yes, I'm moving these stumps. she hear me roar. And I picked up this, went to pick up this stump and it slipped. And my hand slipped down to try and catch it and it bounced back and it pinned my index finger on my right hand. 
in between it and another really big stump. So yeah, it's kind of bruised and um, the bone is really sore. And for a good uh, 45 minutes, we thought maybe it was broken because it kind of swelled up pretty good. <laughs> Yay for ice packs. Um, that was injury number one. Have you talked to my sister? My sister will tell you. Um, when I'm at my sister's and um, my brother-in-law's brother, Kurt, is there too. And we we work together at my sister's all summer. And it was kind of um, a running joke to see who was going to get injured first and who was going to get injured the worst. Because both of us are accident prone. So it was kind of a race all summer to see who was going to be bruised and battered and, you know, close to broken. Um, I do have to admit though, at my sister's, he pretty much won that whole race hands down when he took an entire tree limb to the leg while sitting on another tree limb. <laughs> so, and he didn't fall out of the tree. So kudos there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, for me to have injuries on any job that I'm doing, um, it's not unusual. When I was ripping up the um, underlay, there's they put a, um, I can't remember what the name of it, but it's like a strip of wood and it has all these nail ends, like the, the sharp ends sticking up all around. And that's what they catch the carpet on to hold it while they pull it and position it. Well, they also use these metal things in doorways for said carpet. Did you know if you put your hand on top of one of those and then lean on them, it leaves really cool little pinprick marks and those little pinprick marks will bleed? <laughs> yeah, found that out. Um, still have a couple. And then uh, slivers, yeah. Big slivers, big slivers in my, my fingers from that job. So, so far, I, I've slammed my finger. Um, I was using a pry bar, crowbar, today, and it's about two feet long, I guess. It's, a, it's one of the big ones, anyway, and it's got the hook on the end of it. And um, I was, again, you know, feeling cocky and proud of myself and went to slam it, you know, just to kind of stab it into the ground to kind of hold it there while I was doing what I was doing. Um, note to self and anybody else out there who is accident prone, like I am, make sure the hook part with the, the part that pulls the nails out is facing away from your arm when you do that, because it bites. I have the, the marks and the bruise and the big lump to prove it because <laughs> I hit my arm. Um, what else have I done? Let me see. <laughs> I haven't broken anything. Touch. Oh crap. Touch wood yet but you know week's not over <laughs> um yeah so we haven't figured out i'm a klutz still am hasn't changed i just actually no it has changed a little bit because back in the day uh there was nothing graceful about the landing i didn't stick the landing um i didn't get a 10 out of 10 from the russian judge no, there was nothing. It was bad. It was horrible. Skirt was over the head, limbs and, and legs and arms and just gangly all over the place. 
And, you know, now I kind of will tuck and roll. If I'm going down, I will tuck and roll and do the whole ta-da when I finally stop moving and make it look as graceful as possible. <sighs> but, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm physically, I'm done. My body is, is like, girlfriend, what, what are you doing? Because I haven't done any physical work in probably about two months. Um, well, other than what I did two weeks ago, um, and I was still recuperating from that. I mean, all summer long, I was back and forth to my sisters, so my body got used to it, and, you know, I could, I was slinging cinder blocks, you know, one in each arm, and let's go, do-do-do-do-do, and my sister could barely carry one. I was carrying, you know, 66-pound bags of concrete. Not a problem. Oh, well, it was a problem. It was heavy. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't easy. It was freaking heavy. And, you know, I was huffing and puffing and really glad when help would arrive and take it away from me. <clears throat> but I did it. And I think that's that's the whole thing for me with doing the physical labor, like smashing up concrete walls or or carrying bags of concrete. There seems to be a lot of concrete in my life. <laughs> Maybe it's because everything else in my life is so fluid and go with the flow that I have to carry concrete or break up concrete just to have concrete in my life. Um, but it, it feels really good, especially at the end of the day when you're exhausted, but you know it's a good exhausted. It's a, I worked my butt off. I worked hard exhausted. Um, it's a totally different kind of exhaustion than it is over mental exhaustion. Like you can be exhausted at the end of the day from writing or from doing computer work. Like I remember when I was a bookkeeper, it was a sedentary job. I sat at my desk for eight hours a day and, um, you know, I would get up, I would go get my lunch. I would come back. I would eat my lunch at my desk while I was working, especially during tax time. Good Lord. <laughs> a lot of times the boss and I would just order lunch to the to the office because, you know, we didn't have time to leave um, and we needed to eat. And then we would order dinner because we'd still be there. But I would go home at the end of the day and I would be exhausted and I would get questioned. Well, how can you be exhausted? You work a desk job. Do you what now? But it was mentally exhausting. So I was I was exhausted. This is physically exhausting. So brain is still firing on all cylinders going, what are we going to do now? My body's going, nothing, you dummy, go to sleep. But it's, it's good. I, I like feeling physically exhausted at the end of the day. I like knowing at the age that I'm at um, that I haven't completely destroyed my body. <laughs> that I can still kind of, you know, keep up with, those working around me. Um, and I, if I'm given a job, I can do the job and I can get it done. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there are some things that I can't do. I haven't come across them yet because A, I'm looked at as, you know, oh, you're a girl. You can't do that stuff. And B, I'm a girl. I'm not, they don't give me that stuff. Like, I don't know anything about pouring concrete or any of that crap. I can't do that. I can't build a wall. Well, 
probably could build a wall, but it's not going to be a very good wall. <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just put it that way. I've seen enough walls built. Um, I could probably figure it out, but it's not going to be a very good wall. I wouldn't trust it. <laughs> I wouldn't make it a load-bearing wall. Let's just put it that way. I certainly wouldn't hang a picture on it. It might fall over. But I can hang drywall. I can mud. I can paint. I can sand. I can smash concrete. Um, <laughs> I can redo a bathtub. I've done that too. So I've learned a lot um, about myself, actually, since this whole sordid journey began way back in, what, January we went, we started this finding who the heck I am journey in January. I mean, maybe even before then, um, but in earnest in January. And I mean, we've almost come full circle. January is not that far off. Um, and I think I kind of know a little better who I am, what I'm capable of, because I've learned a lot about what I'm capable of that I didn't think I was capable of, that I was told that, no, you can't do that. You're not going to be able to do that. You're too old to do that. Oh, yeah? Hold my bear. <laughs> Watch me. Because if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to do everything I absolutely can to do it, to try and do it. Um, it's kind of a lesson I learned from a friend of mine, a really close, good friend of mine. Don't tell me you, that I can't do something because I'm going to turn around and I'm going to do it and I'm going to show you I can do it and I'm going to do it 10 times better than you even thought I ever could do it. And then I'm going to go, <laughs> look at what I just did. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this has been an interesting journey. I mean, I know it's not over yet. I'm making it sound like the journey's over and we're done. And, you know, that's it. No more podcast. I've done what I needed to do. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> settle down. Settle down. Don't worry. I'll, I'm still going to do the podcast because I've always believed that I've always been taught. And it was very prevalent in my spiritual teachings. Even when I was, I was um, teaching Sunday school and when I was um, starting on the spiritual path that I'm on now, the most prevalent message was that we are always learning. And when you think that you have learned everything that you need to know, especially about your spiritual beliefs and your your um, inner self, then you need to stop and you need to go back and you need to reread that book because you've missed something. There are always chapters being added. There is always things to learn about yourself and to discover and to grow. And if we stop growing and we stop learning, we stop living. That's the way it is. And then, well, we stop living this life. We stop living this form and we move on to the next form. And I'm not ready to move on to the next form. So I'm going to keep learning and I'm going to keep living and I'm going to keep discovering and growing in this life. Um, and you know, I'm going to drag you all kicking and screaming right along with me. Um, so I said, this wasn't going to be an hour long podcast and apparently I lied because we are now sitting at an hour and three minutes. Um, oh my God. Oh, it just dawned on me that 
He won again. Oh, okay. I'm going to end this podcast before he can add a fourth win to his day before it is no longer. I don't even know what time it is. I don't. I really, I don't even know what time it is. Ah, okay. There are 15, 14 minutes left in my day here in Canada and I need to go to bed because 7.30 comes very early. Um, they really need to change that. It needs to come a whole lot later in the day. It really does. Uh, and I will talk with you all next week. Uh, have a good week. Be kind. Like I keep saying on my TikToks, be kind. Oh, yeah, I guess I got to tell you where you can find me, right? All right, you can find me on Facebook um, at Stephanie J. Barty. You can find me... I hang out a lot over at the World of Myth magazine, you know, because I'm the editor. So <laughs> come find me over there. And um, voting is not done yet. Okay, voting is not done yet. It's only the 5th. So go over to uh, www.theworldofmyth.com. And I have three things in there this month. Um, why does it look like it's not record? Okay. Um, sorry. Uh, look for a minute there. It was just like a flat line. I had flatlined. So I was thinking, oh no, it's not recording. Ah, I just did this for nothing. I am not doing it again. Um, I have three stories in, or not three stories, but I have a Drabble, which I've never written one before. Um, I was very surprised that I managed to pull that off. I have a Drabble called The Well. I have a short story called Paper Hearts, and I have a poem called uh, Dry Leaves and Brittle Bones. So go vote for them, please. Uh, the well actually is doing very, very well. <laughs> you see what I did there? Um, I think when I checked the magazine site the other day, I am in second place, I think. Uh, for member of the month, which would be really, really cool. I haven't won a member of the month since my very first story came out. Um, now, just so you guys know, the deadline, I do believe, is the 8th of every month. And votes are not counted after the deadline. So if you vote after the deadline after the winner is announced, those votes don't count. I mean, it's great. The the contributor, you know, gets to see new people coming and reading their story. and, and But those votes don't count towards member of the month. Only up to the deadline. Um, and then after the deadline, that's it. Our member of the month is chosen. So go vote for me. <laughs> I'm campaigning. This is my political campaign. Go vote for me. <laughs> okay, that's it. I'm done. All right, I'm out. You can find me on, I already told you all the Facebook stuff. You can find me on Instagram at Luhu Baskets. You can find me, the podcast actually does have an Instagram. Um, I haven't updated it in a while, but there is one. It's called Lupus Bits. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Lupa B. You can find me on TikTok at Lady Luhu. And don't forget to listen to the World of Myth Bits. Jenna and Joe are phenomenal people and absolutely hilarious. And they do really get into some deep subjects and some interesting things. Um, they just did magazine review. Thank you so much for saying all the wonderful things that you said. I'm glad the payments went through. 
and um, you can listen to them on Mondays, and then on Wednesdays, you can listen to David K. Montoya on his um, podcast, My Amer- My Public Life is not Wow, as an American nerd. Okay, yeah, I think I got that out right. Uh, if I didn't, he's going to put it incorrectly in the blurb anyway. So <laughs> you can go and find his podcast on Wednesdays um, at the, the Jason Modcast Hub or on Facebook because we post everything on Facebook. Uh, and then on Fridays, there's me. So, all right, I'm going to go now because my brain is really just, it's, I, I, I can see, literally see the sleeping Zs in front of my eyes and I can hear my brain going... <laughs> It's done. <laughs> this is done. I'm going to bed now. Um, so I will talk to you guys all next week. Have a good one. Stay out of trouble and be kind. All right. See ya. Carry on all the wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry, Don't you cry.